Hey everybody, it's Tim. Welcome or welcome back to the LOH Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, I ask you to please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and our YouTube channel, where you can access all our message content. Most importantly, I hope the following message inspires you to take your next step in the faith journey. Enjoy. This series that we're talking is the Spirit. Did you guys enjoy Pastor Tim's message last Sunday called The Greatest Gift? The Holy Spirit is the greatest gift. My message today is about intimacy with this person. Have you ever thought about intimacy with the Holy Spirit? Have you ever thought about it? Have you ever heard that the Holy Spirit is, wants to have a relationship with you? The Lord said in Genesis chapter 2 verse 18 that it's not good for man to be alone. For I will make a helper suitable for him. Right? Now, of course, you can say he's talking about Eve, right? I think this goes true for also the Holy Spirit. That it's for your benefit that Jesus go. For if I go, I will send the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, the Advocate that will come and be God with you. God with you. So my challenge today is that we set out on course to become more and more intimate with the person of the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? Amen. Come on, amen. Jesus said in John 14 that He is with you, the Holy Spirit is with you, but He will be in you. This is the greatest gift of God and the greatest gift comes to anyone who calls. And this gift is a person who is a gift giver. He's a gift giver. But how do we see this manifestation in our lives? Don't overthink it. Don't resist it. How do we see this manifestation in our lives? How do we see the Holy Spirit come forth out of us to transform us into the person that God desires us to be? Well, I would like to like you to think that it takes time. Everyone say it takes time. It takes time. time. Let's talk about that. But let's open up our Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And this is where we will start. Y'all got your Bible? Come on, let's do it. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. It takes time. Y'all say it one more time. It takes It takes time. It takes time. Let's see, where am I even going? I'm in Luke. I'm not even thinking about this. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. I just, I just wanted to be a good example and open up my Bible as well. 
Uh, we have all of our notes in the YouVersion Bible app. If you go to events and Lighthouse of Hope Church, we got all of the notes and some special notes in there on occasion that aren't up on the screen, but unique to those who have the app and are in there. So anybody can have the app. It's free. Um, and we do that for you. But 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Before we go, I want to talk about, okay, Dustin, what do you mean by it takes time, right? What do I not mean? That when you get the Holy Spirit, when you receive the person of the Holy Spirit, you're limited, you're limited in any way when you have the Holy Spirit. No, 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 that's not true. You have the whole thing. Pastor Tim's talked about that, right? When you get the Holy Spirit, you have the whole thing. And, you, and He can work in your life. He can minister through your life. The gifts of the Spirit, if you have the person, you have the ability to minister in the gifts. It's a beautiful thing. Okay, you're not limited. By age, by circumstance, by gender, you're not limited to minister in the gifts because you have Him, okay? So I don't mean it takes time for that. What I do mean, though, is it, it takes time to become more and more sensitive to Him. It takes time to learn how to yield to Him and, and to learn how to allow the Holy Spirit to activate the person inside. It's all Him. He's, he's in us, but He's omniscient. He's everywhere. He's around us. He's filling everything in every way. He is capable and what he loves to do is to minister to those who are housing his presence, who are holding his spirit inside. But I would like to encourage you, no matter what season or circumstance you're in today, that do not give up. And it takes time. Continue to pursue him and continue to seek him. Amen. Even when you're not seeing any results, even when you're not seeing anything happen, even when you're seeing the opposite happen, keep seeking. Because in due time, everyone say, it takes time. It takes time. It takes time. Okay. Second Corinthians chapter three. So we live in what is called the new covenant. I'm sure if you've been in this church long enough, you, you've heard of that. There's an old covenant, which is the Old Testament. But Jesus came to bring the new covenant, right? The old is a shadow. The old sheds light on the new. We take for granted the new, though, if we don't account for the old. But through the new covenant, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, our now high priest Jesus brought with him the person of the Holy Spirit. Yep. He released him as a helpmate suitable that will lead us into all truth and remind us of everything he said. Amen. He will be with you and he will be Emmanuel, God with us, as Isaiah prophesied. So let's read. This is the new covenant. This is where we're all in. We're all in the new. Yes. You, you can read the old 
And like I said, it, it sheds light on the new. It prophesies about Jesus. It gives us great understanding of the new and why we need a savior, why we need a cross. We, we've all gone away. We've all gone our own ways. Yes, we've all shed innocent blood and we need and desperate need of a savior. But listen, you're not in the old, you're in the new. And it's filled with better promises. Come on, somebody. And a greater glory. Okay, I, I can't get ahead. Okay. Here we go. Second Corinthians chapter 3. Is that what I told you earlier? Or did I just say something? Sometimes it's a blur up here, but I'm just... <laughs> I, I take that back. I'm sober and in my right mind. Here we go. Because... <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't check out on me. Some of y'all might be, this guy's on something. No. I am excited though. God is good. Amen. And it's awesome to preach about him. There's nothing better to talk about than him. All right, let's start in verse four. Are you there? Yes. Second Corinthians chapter three, verse four. Such is the confidence we have through Christ before God. Oh, I almost fell off the stage. It is not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything as coming from ourselves, but our adequacy is from God. That's good. I, 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 want, you to, I want you to see what all comes from Him. He has made us competent. Come on, that's whoever has Him. Whoever has him, not just the one on the stage, not just the one with the title, whoever has him has been made competent. Not whether you read the Bible all the way through, not whether you got them all memorized. You're competent. You're made competent. You're made adequate because of who's on the inside of you. Yes. You can say amen to that. Because that means let it be. Let, it, let what he's saying be real in my life. So I say amen to that. Because I don't feel competent. I don't feel adequate. I feel the opposite of that. But I know it's not by my feelings. I know who I have on the inside. So I say, let it be in my life. That's what that means. Verse 6, he has made us competent to be ministers of a new covenant. Again, not just the pastors, the preachers, the evangelists. Uh, he has made us. Not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives. Everyone say that word. Life. 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 That word is zoopoieho. Zoopoieho. It means to produce alive. To bear living young. It's like giving birth. By spiritual power to arouse and invigorate, to restore to life, to give increase of life, thus of physical life, of the spirit, quickening as respects the spirit, endued with new and greater powers of life. That's that word. So is our, limit, our English language limited? Yes. And saying that the spirit gives life, it gives all of that. It gives all of him. It gives everything you need to live a godly life. The spirit in the new covenant gives life. Now if the ministry that brought death chiseled 
in letters on stone came with glory so that the Israelites were not able to gaze steadily at Moses' face because of its glory which was set aside. How will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious? For if the ministry that brought condemnation had glory, the ministry that brings righteousness, again, it brings, it imparts righteousness overflows with even more glory. Amen. In fact, is it all right to read the Bible? Come on, let's keep reading. I, I believe you'll be edified as we just read the word. In fact, what had been glorious is not glorious now by comparison because of the glory that surpasses it. It's not even worth comparing the glory of the old with the new. Help us to walk in this, Lord. For if what was set aside was glorious, what endures will be even more glorious. Since then we have such a hope, we act with great boldness. Come on, church. Come on, church. We act with great boldness. We are not like Moses who put a covering over his face to prevent the Israelites from gazing steadily until the end of the glory of what was being set aside, but their minds were hardened. For to this day, I know you're not following with that. I'm kind of reading fast tonight. We're not going to go over that today. For to this day, at the reading of the Old Covenant, the same veil remains. It is not lifted because it is set aside only in Christ. Yet still today, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts. But whenever a person turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Come on, is that reality? Oh Lord, may there be no condemnation in this room, but may we take a survey of our hearts and ask ourselves to the extent of, what is the extent of my liberation of my soul? Where are the chains? Where is the bondage? Help us to know that God has not placed these chains and bondage on our life, that we can be released of them in the name of Jesus by the power of the Spirit today. Today, for where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we believe for the evidence of that in every life today, in every person under the sound of my voice, under the sound of your voice, every person watching, every person listening from podcasts, every single one, the Spirit is in your life if you've opened yourself and accepted it. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Jesus, amen. Freedom. Freedom. How different would a church look? How different would our greeting look out in the lobby? How different would our leading worship from the platform? How different would our worship be if our souls were actually free as God offers? But it's so easy to get mixed up. It's so easy to get distracted. It's so easy to get our minds off of this place that God desires us to be. He offers it, and it's true. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is 
freedom. Galatians 5.1 says it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. Wow. I, I could stop there. I don't need any more theology. I don't need any more knowledge. I have the spirit inside of me and I'm free. So let's walk about our life free. How would you minister differently in your life if you felt that you were free? I get it that we all struggle. None of us are perfect. I get it. I get it. Trust me. I've heard the messages a million times. But what if we knew, despite our imperfections, despite our inadequacies, that I still have the Holy Spirit inside of me who makes me adequate, who makes me competent, and I can have a great boldness because I know that I'm free in my soul. And how do I go from, okay, this is the reality of my soul, but I want to see this manifest in my life. Well, it takes time. That's the title of the message. Did you catch it? It takes time. It's a journey. It doesn't happen by accident. It doesn't happen by chance. But you got the catalyst. You got the ignition to start. And then let's set out on journey. And what's that journey look like? Often mundane. Often things that don't seem to matter, like waking up in the morning and opening up your heart to the Lord. And like I said, there will be times where you won't see the fruit. But we believe the word that, that this is offered. This is offered to us. Back to it. We all, all with unveiled faces are looking as in a mirror at the glory of the Lord, whether you have your makeup on or not, and are... <laughs> Being transformed. Everyone say being. being. One more time. Being. being. Our being. Our being. You have him. You have the person of him. It takes time. You are being. This is a process. This is progression. It's not that you have any more or any less of him. But you're being transformed in it. And it takes time along the journey, okay? Into the same image from glory to glory. This is from the Lord, who is the Spirit. And then verse 1 of chapter 4. Therefore, since we have this ministry, because we were shown mercy, we do not give up. Because it takes time. Well, Dustin, how long will it take? Set the microwave to two minutes and 30 seconds and your popcorn will be done. No, I don't know that. I, I, I don't know that answer for you. What I know that is along the journey, you have all of him. And when he tells you to do something, step out. When, when you hear that voice, you say, oh, I don't know whether it's God or not. I've seen the Lord bless my stepping out more than my staying still. And you can learn. He's got grace for mistakes. He's got grace along the journey. In my life, I was just talking to Chantel uh, about this last night. In my life, I've seen that every step I've taken, he's been faithful. And it's almost as if the Lord is saying, how many steps do you want me to bless? How many times do you want me to be faithful? Are you going to trust me with more? Because I'll be faithful with more. It's to the extent that you want to be obedient that I will come along and bless and be faithful in your life. Come on.
on, I've seen it, have you? Look back at the history that you built with the Lord to see his hand through it all, through the ups and the downs, through the mountains and the valleys, through, through every situation, every season. Come on. He is faithful. He is faithful. He is faithful. He is faithful. So when you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, I guess I asked that question how much time. So the answer was no. I don't know. I don't know. But trust him. Disciplined people don't look for the 30-day ab plan. They don't believe it works. It doesn't work. Disciplined people say, I'm going to invest over the long haul and I'm not going to try to take a shortcut. I'm committed to this thing. And there will be years where you might not even see anything. When you receive the gift of the person of the Holy Spirit, as Pastor Tim says, you receive all of him. But you need the Holy Spirit to then activate the person inside to bring forth the fruit and the gifts. He gives the life. So when you make the decision, the Spirit does this. As you pursue this relationship with the person of the Holy Spirit and desire to cultivate the connection and become more sensitive to his leading and heart, you will notice there is a learning with the process, as is with any relationship. The development of intimacy, closeness, nearness, sensitivity comes from a progression over time, church. It's not that you have any more or less. I'll say it again. It's just that it takes experience to learn more about the person. And if you're married, you can attest to that. Anyone married? Anybody really hit it off when you guys first met? <laughs> Roberta, of course. Uh, anybody still hitting it off now? Come on now. Oh, Tim raises his hand now. I got it. I got it. I get you. Uh, Chantel and I are going to celebrate eight years of marriage wow. in October. It's good. Still babies. Still babies. Still honeymooning it. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I do ask that, though. Like, who hit, you hit it off right away. Um, and we were talking about this. Like... Chantel and I were talking about this. Like, I, I wish someone told me, okay, so we made a decision when we first got married to like, okay, we were, we were like, I was head over heels. I don't want to speak for you, but uh, I was head over heels. Uh, I don't wear heels, but I guess uh, my Carolinas, whatever. Um, but there would be people that like say like, and... Like, you know, just wait like five years and you'll like essentially hate each other. Not that, not that like, but it's just like, just wait. Like, I want you guys, like, basically like, I want you guys to like experience like a real relationship. Anyways, we made a commitment to like throw trash out the door if it wasn't, if we weren't going to accept it, right? Like, we loved each other so much. But like, if we would hear that or like, wait till you have kids or like, 
wait till this or that, wait till 20 years from now, and like you guys want to be separated and stuff. Like we, we made a decision that if, if we didn't have to carry that, we would throw it away. Throw it in the trash. Throw it in the trash. Because it doesn't have to bear weight on your life, on your marriage, on your family. Okay? So, I wish I heard more like, if you commit to this thing, you can love them more in 40 years than you ever thought you possibly could. That you can talk about them like they're everything to you. And, and, and like you can say that, you know, when you first get married. But like if you, if you set out and cultivate it, like now it's going to be year eight. And I'm like, we have so much more of an intimate relationship. We have, not, I'm not just talking physically. I, I'm talking about intimacy, closeness, talking. Uh, I'm all for that. I'm all for more of that. <laughs> It's not that I'm against it. But did I lose you? Are you gone? Should we just wrap it up? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but, but Dustin, but Dustin it, it, it might take some time and it might take some, some challenges, but, but, but take heart. Because of those things, if you guys commit, and it takes two, there's people that need to say amen to that. There is, there, it takes two, not just one. That's unfortunate, but it's the way God made it because God is our perfect groom and it takes two it takes two but if you commit man and if you guys keep going and keep going and keep going and don't give up in 40 years you can look forward to a relationship that's beautiful that's better than when you started it's better. And, and so I'm a big believer, and Chantel would agree with me, I'm a big believer in that, that God has set aside a remnant that we can listen to the statistics in the world about divorces and about families that are broken up. But you know what I believe? That God has a remnant. God has a church. God has a people that love marriage. God has a people that love family and that are doing it right. And if no one else does today, I want to bless your marriage. I want to bless your household. I want to bless your family. All those trying to do it right. All those who want the Lord to be the center of your family, your marriage, and your household. I bless you and say, don't give up. Come on, amen. amen. Don't give up. Don't give up. And it's very similar with the Holy Spirit. 
that there have been many that have set out on course in the marriage with the Holy Spirit, but have not seen the fruit, actually seen attack, and seen battles, and seen heartache, and seen weird, and see confusion and distraction. And some, they might say they're Christians, but they've given up on the work of the Holy Spirit that's in love with you. He loves your heart. He loves your life. There's no one else like you. And he wants to have a relationship with you that will be better in 40 years that will go beyond the honeymoon phase of when you first accepted him and it was a waterfall that through experiences you learned more about what he was like. So the same way for you young couples to look up at people that love marriage, that have been married for 50 years, ask them what it's like. The same way for those who are embarking on the journey with the Holy Spirit. Don't ask people that are jaded regarding the Holy Spirit. Don't ask people that are dead and have a negative view. Throw that trash out the window. Ask the people that have been in ministry for 50 years and love the Holy Spirit and, and minister with the gifts of the Holy Spirit and that have a beautiful purity and an innocence regarding the work of the Holy Spirit. Ask them what he's like. Amen. And thanks be to God, we have many in this church that are underutilized that have been walking with the Spirit for years. Not maybe on a platform, Pastor Tim has, but not on a platform, but behind the scenes. They've been walking with the Holy Spirit and love the Holy Spirit and are obedient to the Holy Spirit in the gym, at the job, at their home. And that is a beautiful thing, church. And it's something not to take for granted. It's something to open your ear to if you're a young person that desires to minister. The young person that desires to live a life according to the Spirit. You should ask. You should listen. Can I pray a second? Just take a second to say love. got him inside. You got him inside. You got him inside. He wants to do a work up and through. He wants to do a work through. Wow. Wow. Amen. Amen. The word talks about time. In Ecclesiastes, I don't think I have it actually, do I? Um, yeah, let's just go there. Let's go there. That's good. Um, in this relationship with the Holy Spirit, you learn through the work in progress. And through the process, we progress from here to there. How it grows and develops is often through seasons. Okay. How God likes to work in your life um, is internally, yes. And this is how I think a lot of Christians 
like desire the Lord to work internally through meditation, contemplation, through prayer, devotion, and worship, right? So the Holy Spirit is working through those internal factors, okay? But there's another way that the Holy Spirit works that you then become more sensitive to Him, come to a better understanding of Him, is, is through external factors, external things that happen around you. Does that make sense? Internal, where He's working inside, He's doing things maybe mentally, spiritually, emotionally, things that you have to work through that the Holy Spirit is actually orchestrating and at times manipulating so that you become more like Him. You're being transformed. But He also transforms you through external circumstances. Things that happen around you. Your season. And when I was thinking about this, I couldn't help but thinking of Psalms 23. We probably know it. Do you know it? You heard it before? The Lord is my shepherd. So David has this understanding, which I think many times in the Old Covenant as you're reading, that some of these men, these prophets, they have a view of what the New Covenant's going to be like. Some of these prophets that um, it was more central, we talked about the funnel, more centralized, more focused. These guys had, had a glimpse of what it was going to be like for all of us in the new, okay? And when David starts talking, the Lord is my shepherd, for me anyways, I don't want to speak for you, I feel like that describes the Holy Spirit a lot in my life. Does it, tears? He's my shepherd. He's helping me guide He's helping me navigate my life. He's the, the compass for my life, right? If I'm a, a, a sheep, the Lord is my shepherd. Let's look at that. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Yeah, yeah. He makes me lie down. Okay, let's just point it out as we go. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He's my provision. My provision. Now, David takes us on this journey of imagery of where the shepherd has taken him, right? And David, you'll see in the end, learns what he's like through these experiences. So, in verse 2, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. Okay, so we got green pastures. Are you in a green pasture season? Some of us envy you if you are. <laughs> he makes you lie down in green pastures. Green pastures. What a beautiful season of life. He leads me beside still waters. What's happening? What's happening? Okay, makes me lie down in green pastures. I feel like, I feel like he leads me beside still waters is something different, perhaps in a new type of season, a new type of working. He refreshes my soul. Come on, just think with me. He refreshes my soul, or he restores my soul. So that means there was a moment in which David's soul needed restoration. His soul was without, right? So there's a season in green pastures. There's a season beside still waters. There's a season where he lacks restoration. He lacks what he needs. But the Spirit refreshes, restores his soul. Okay, so there's that one. 
And then he guides me along right past for his name's sake. Amen. Okay, now verse 4, it makes sort of a, sh a shift. Come on, you know it. Even though I walk through the darkest valley. Is that different or is that the same place? That's probably different. You think? Green pastures, still waters, restoration, dark valley. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I won't fear. If you're with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Okay? <laughs> this next one, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. When I'm surrounded by my enemies and I'm asking the Lord to take me out, He says, hey, I got something better for you. Let me just provide for you in the middle. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Come on, that's a great image of the Holy Spirit, is it not? Come on, can you say amen to that? Amen. So we got green pastures. We got quiet waters. We have a time of restoration. We have the valley of the shadow of death. We have a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And it's not till the table in the presence of the enemy that David knows that surely because, because I've been in green pastures. Because I've walked beside still waters. And I've went through the valley of the shadow of death. And he's prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. So I, I know I got food in the presence of my enemies. So now, because of all I've been through, surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I'll have this relationship with the Holy Spirit. It's not till after, in the presence of the enemy, the provision in the presence of everything around me failing and falling. I'm not. Yeah. And I've been provided for. And because of that, I can say, surely. Yeah. And someone, God is teaching you. And you're in a season right now, maybe the valley of the shadow of death, maybe the presence of my enemy. He wants you to know and be able to look back and say, surely he was faithful then, but surely he will be faithful now. Surely he will be there now. Surely he will be there now. Surely his goodness, love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Forever. My next question is, so where to begin? So that was like the intro. You think I'm lying. So, I mean, it says, so where to begin? You have to understand that the fullness of God lives inside of you. How do you take that in and release it beautifully and perfectly all in an instant? You can't. The fullness of God lives inside of you. 
It takes time and nurturing and fathering and cultivating and stoking and fanning into flame. Ephesians chapter 3, this is where we begin on this journey with the Spirit. You can turn there if you want. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 18 is where we're going to start. Um, Paul is praying. And Paul is saying that I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. That's verse 16. And then verse 17, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love. Okay. And then the slide of verse 18 of Ephesians chapter 3. May I have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be. The love is the catalyst that you may be. What kind of love? A love. See this, this doesn't make sense. To know this love that surpasses knowledge. You know this. Tell me this math problem that surpasses knowledge. Wait, does it, Paul, you're contradicting yourself. No, he's not. He's clarifying. That this knowing is an intimate knowing beyond your knower, beyond the brain. You can't know a math problem that surpasses knowledge. It doesn't work that way. But you know this love that surpasses knowledge by the Holy Spirit. And when you grasp His love, when you grasp the depth of the Father's love for you, that is the catalyst for you to be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. The love, knowing the love, depth of love. The intimate knowing, that's what's so important about 1 Corinthians 13's placement. It's placed right in the middle. But like, Paul, what are you doing? 1 Corinthians 12, the gifts of the Spirit and the working of the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 14 and the works of the church. But 13 is right in the middle, the chapter of love. And you can speak it in tongues, you can cast out devils, you can do miracles. But if you don't have love, you got nothing. You got nothing. Love is the catalyst, church. Love is the connection and ignition and the foundation and the capstone of the working of the Holy Spirit. And if you don't have love, you'll be without. You'll miss it. Love is the glue. Love is the gel. Love is the honey. Love is the anointing. Love is the oil. For the word says the anointing flows when brothers dwell in unity. Together. Love. Paul, thank you for putting 1 Corinthians 13 in the middle of all of our doctrinal arguments and all of our questions and misunderstandings. Thank you for planting that for all of us to read. And if you don't get 13, don't even talk about 12 and 14. Get out of here. <laughs> Some of you are like, over my... <laughs> Just, just read it. Just read it. There are no shortcuts to love, though. And there's hindrances. There's distractions. So much potentially standing in our way, not from God or the Spirit, but from us. In our way. I have to be honest about that, right? I guess the band can come up. 
I, Shinta, uh, what did I tell you? I said I took a lot out of my message, so I wasn't sure if I had enough, I said. <laughs> Here's what I'll do. Um, Yeah, here's what, I'll, I'll just skip that part. I'll do, um, yeah, 2 Corinthians 4, 1 is where we are right now. And I'm kind of biased, but this might be the most important of the a whole message. I think it's good to see the Holy Spirit as a relationship. I think it's important to see it that way. but a relationship that's worth investing in. The most important relationship worth investing in is your relationship with the Holy Spirit. And what you cannot replace, if you've lived long enough, you realize this, in a relationship is time spent. Come on, some of y'all parents are like, geez, I wish I could get time back, right? I can't believe it. I can't believe how quick it's going. What you cannot replace in a relationship is time spent. How does a relationship grow? Time spent on the relationship. It's not by accident, not by pretend, not by Facebook posts or big boasts, but by little, seemingly insignificant, often secret decisions made over time. When you don't feel like it, when you don't want to, when you have every justified reason to throw in the towel and give up, you keep going and you keep going and you keep going and you keep going and you keep going. Therefore, since we have this ministry, because we were shown mercy, we do not give up. We do not give up. So Dustin, does it matter what I do today? Because it makes no difference if I come to church or not. I am still the same, right? It makes no difference if I raise my hand or not. I'm still the same. Are you? Are you? Perhaps. You cannot floss for a moment and nothing changed, right? But over time, I don't know. Hey, shout out to the dentists in the room. Yeah, probably something will happen. I don't know. I try to floss. <laughs> if I miss a workout, nothing's going to happen, Ollie. I'm going to be the same. I, I promise nothing's going to happen. But over time, gravity. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't want to talk about me, but like people ask me a lot, like in the gym or something, they'll be like, how, oh, how do you get like to look like you? Or how do you get strong? I'm like, well, how long does it take? 
Well, I'm 31, carry the one. My dad was crazy 30 years. <laughs> was or is, I don't know. <laughs> the gym in the Bible, the gym in the Bible. Mom added school in there. No. But, but I, I have to be honest, just the, the personal thing, that I feel like that there was a time when it finally clicked later. I couldn't gain weight. I, couldn't, I took protein shakes. It didn't work. <sighs> time spent produces eventually. Consistency and the direction that God wants you to go produces eventually. And we're not about being the star of the show or some big thing happening. What I want to see is your life transformed. I want to see you from being obedient to the Lord and being com committed to Him, that yes, there will be moments where you minister in the gifts and you will prophesy and you will speak in tongues because it's what the Spirit does. If you're open to it, guys, oh. And, and they're bringing it up and that's fine, but I don't want you to get, I want you, you have the Spirit inside of you and it's what He does. And time spent with him, time spent with him, time spent with him, you, you begin to know and you begin to come, become sensitive. And when that voice is spoken to you, don't harden your heart. Don't, don't push him back. Don't think about anyone else but him and focus on him and just do what he, do what he tells you. And, and, and in time spent, will produce eventually. Galatians 6, 9, let us not get weary in doing good and well-doing for in due season. Come on, let's stand. Come on, let's stand up. For in due season. In due season. In due season, you will reap a harvest if you don't give up. You will, re you will reap a harvest if you don't give up. You will reap a harvest. You have the Holy Spirit. You have everything you need to live a godly life. You have everything you need. You don't need anything else. You just need Him inside of you to have His way. Have His way. Have His way. I love the thought as we're closing of mastering the art of showing up. Mastering the art of showing up. James Clear of Atomic Habits. You just learn over time about the power of showing up, of showing up, of showing up, of showing up. It's a beautiful thing when the Lord gives you a promise and the Lord gives you something. This is the last thing I'll say. When the Lord speaks, it happens every time. Did you know that? No word from His mouth will return empty-handed. 
I was thinking about this the other day. When his word is spoken over your life and the promise is given, conception happened. Conception happened. The birth happened. It happened. Sometimes we don't feel it. Sometimes we don't even know it happened. But by faith we believe in due time. When he spoke, I received it. When he spoke, it happened. Come on, who's standing on a promise? When he spoke, it happened. He wasn't mistaken. He's not surprised by what has happened through and through. Sometimes it just takes nine months. Sometimes it just takes a journey. When he promised to Abraham and Sarah, he said, by this time, next year. Don't give up before next year. Don't give up before the fulfillment of the promise. For an African elephant is pregnant for almost two years. <laughs> Did y'all know that? <laughs> I crack myself up sometimes with stuff I have in my notes. It happened sometimes. The process takes a little longer. And it can be uncomfortable. It can be like you don't feel anything. It can make you sick. It can make you frustrated and you just want it to come out, but you can't force it to happen. You can't force it to come. But what you know is conception happened. And in due time, if I don't give up, if I don't give in, it will produce eventually. It will produce eventually. So every time God speaks, it happens. A conception. But from time to time, the pro but but from the time of the promise to the fulfillment, there is something called time. Development, process, progression. Have faith to believe that conception happened at the word of his mouth and that now it's just only a matter of time. Maybe that's a better title. Come on, say it. It's only a matter of time. Come on, say it again. It's only a matter of time. Amen? Amen, amen, amen. amen.